0: Hey, what's up, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of A Frugal Athlete Podcast. Um, As you know, uh, we are currently, I don't want to say under construction, but we are going through a growth phase. And with that, the next few episodes are going to be just me, yours truly, Amobi Kugo, founder of A Frugal Athlete. Obviously, if you are new here, welcome. If you're returning, thank you. Um, This show is all about sharing practical, prudent, economical advice of athletes that are doing it the right way from a career and capital perspective, but also, you know, talking to different stakeholders that help athletes think about money differently. I'm going to be sharing my own experience is about how to make, manage, and multiply money um, in an efficient and frugal way. Um, But with that being said, you know, one of the hot topics over the past year, year and a half is NIL. Uh, So I want to talk about, you know i went to college a long time ago i was fortunate enough to you know go to ucla and you know compete at a top program but that was over 10 years ago now it's a whole different ball game with nil if you're not familiar name image and likeness so we're going to break down this episode is going to be all about what i would have done if i was going to ucla this fall um ucla university of california los angeles is one of the premier programs both from an academic standpoint um, and athletic standpoint. So it makes it the perfect case study for what I'm going to talk about. I'm going to break down a little bit about NIL as I've done in previous episodes, um, but kind of give my playbook on what I would do as a top. At the time when I was going into school, not to like toot my own horn or anything, I was uh, rated probably top one, top three, depending on which outlet you would look at um, high school seniors to head into the college collegiate season. Great all American national teams, all that. So obviously it's not power five football or, you know, ACC basketball, but I had a pretty good uh, backing, if that makes sense uh, to take advantage of NIL um if I had the pleasure to do so. Obviously, soccer is not as big as those bigger programs, um, whether it's on the women's side as well, women's basketball, women's volleyball, uh, two sports that have come that come to mind when it comes to NIL deals happening for the ladies, um, but also men from a football and basketball standpoint. But if you do it the right way, NIL is beneficial to everyone. And not just from a capital standpoint monetarily, but social capital, intellectual capital. Uh, human capital. There's so many ways to take advantage of NIL. Um, so we're going to break that down. If you um, listen to last week's episode, it was breaking down, you know, six months in, into retirement. Um, I hate using that word retirement, but six months into my transition out of sports and into my second game. Um, that got a lot of great feedback. So I'm excited to do this solo episode again. Um, but with that being said, let's get right into it. So as I mentioned before, NIL, name, image, and likeness, um, it gives student athletes the the opportunity and ability to make money um, while they're playing. You know, that wasn't the case um, before. Um, Just a little history lesson that we've done on previous episodes. Ed O'Bannon, you know, randomly was playing a college NCAA game and realized that he was on the game, but he didn't get compensated for it. So that was kind of the initial spark that led to NIL happening uh, some odd years later. Now it's been passed, you know, amongst most of the 50 states that student athletes are eligible to make money um, off their name, image, and likeness. And even some high school, some states have allowed high schools to do that as well. Um, so that's kind of the rundown of what NIL is, and I'm going to talk about I had really wrote down ten steps that I would do when it comes to NIL. So this is going to be almost a masterclass of sorts. Um, so make sure you got a pen, make sure you got some paper, and I'm just going to spitball uh, my thoughts on what I would do if I was heading into UCLA this fall. So first and foremost, like I mentioned, you know my my history, uh, my story, you know going into UCLA at that time it was fall 2009, Twitter had just come out. I like literally just had a Twitter. I think my first tweet ever, I delete my tweets periodically, but was heading to UCLA and that was it. So it's amazing to see how Twitter has grown, how much I've grown obviously, and how much social media has grown uh, from that landscape. And it's only gonna continue to grow. So it's always important to stay with the times and take advantage of it, but also think ahead to what may be next so you're prepared to take that next step. So heading into UCLA, first things first, I would clean my social media profile. If you follow me, you've known I've talked about having a brand audit. I think that's number one, understanding, you know, you're going into a new environment and you don't wanna set yourself up on the wrong foot, especially if you're looking to take advantage of NIL. In order to not make sure it's over before it started, clean up your social media, make sure your Instagram, your Twitter, your TikTok, whatever you're using, there's no bad post. There's no things that can you know potentially get you in trouble. Things you may have said in the past that you now are mature enough to understand that may not be right. Um, making sure you have the right handles. Um, all these different things that you need to do um, is very important. So make sure you got a brand audit And then second things I would do, I would set up Google alerts for my name. So you know when your name is being talked about, how it's being perceived amongst the public. Um, And it gives you the opportunity to make sure you have a, you know, a pulse on what's going on around you, but also if you need to immediately, you know, get something done to, you know, combat what's being said. And then lastly, I would definitely search my name in Twitter to make sure I also understand what's going on in terms of um, what what the, what my name is like, how my name is being represented. With nil, with you being on you know a larger platform now, being under the microscope, your name is your name. I'm not sure if you're you all are Wire fans, but Marlo, one of the you know one of the bigger characters, there was a scene where people were talking about his name on the streets. And it was a rumor, but he was like, guy, he got really mad because he wasn't able to protect his name. And he, he makes a famous quote and saying, my name is my name. So basically I'm saying, you know, as a UCLA student athlete, first things first, clean up my social media, do a brand audit and make sure I'm keeping tabs on my name at all times. Because my reputation is everything when it comes to building a personal profile, building a, you know, opportunity and building a business Because as an athlete CEO, that is my business, my name. What, how my name is being represented, how I am perceived amongst my peers and different brands and schools, and then my reputation, and then obviously my performance. Um, So that's first and foremost. That's the number one thing I would do. Two, this is another important thing. I would reach out to the alumni director or team admin or career services department, or, you know, speak with my coach directly, and I would get a database of the alumni of my specific sport within my school for the last 10 to 15 years. So let me repeat, if I'm at UCLA, I go there in 2009, I would get the last 10 to 15 years, a database of all the athletes that played soccer at UCLA and get their contacts and create my own database of former UCLA soccer student athletes that I could call upon, that I could reach out to, that I could research where they're at now um, and then go from there. That is invaluable in terms of not only having a database of where they are now and people that you can connect to because they've been there, done that before you, but alumni love giving back. So having a student athlete that's been there, done, uh, that's going there to, you know, fill the history and legacy that they have, you know, worked hard to grow and achieve for you to be part of that alumni now or be part of that family and reach out to them and thank them for what they've done and connect with them and set up informational interviews that will go a long way. Trust me. Um, There's people that I've connected with that, They were not anywhere near the time I went to UCLA. Um, But because I went to UCLA, because I played soccer there, they were more than willing to stick their neck out. So if you can start early by creating a database and like going to the alumni uh, soccer game or going to the alumni opportunities and events that your coach puts on, these are ways for you to connect with the extended family per se of your program so that's that's the second thing I would have done for sure and you may not reap the benefits immediately but when you go to any school there's successful people at any school but specifically in my situation at UCLA those players that have played at UCLA more than often tend to go on to do amazing things um, my class specifically, Uh, there's guys that are doing some amazing things across a multitude of different categories. And granted, I was only at UCLA for less than a year because I only played my freshman year and went pro. I still can call upon those guys um, because they remember our times together. And that's specifically within my team. But if I were to go to UCLA and connect with the alumni, um, it would be the same. And then once you leave, give back to the school. And I'm not saying you have to donate a court or a gym like Kevin Love or Russell Westbrook, but come back and support the games, mentor the kids, because you never know what they're going to be, be moving forward. And it's all about, you got to network up, you got to network down, you got to network across. And that is something that I definitely would have done. Um, granted, I was going to UCLA this fall. Third, You know, so everyone talks about branding and social media and content and content and content and creator economy. So the third thing I would have done, especially at a school like UCLA, I would have connected with the film and creative club. It's a great way to get content. Obviously, uh, I'd imagine I'd be pretty good with my phone, but some content is not phone worthy. It's high level video content that you can do some creative stuff with it. So I would definitely connect with somebody at the film and creative club, join it and kind of state my case and make my pitch and make my offer. A lot of careers have been started just by, you know, like an intern doing something off the fly or someone connecting with someone. And, you know, they have a passion for doing video stuff. And then next thing you know, they're doing video for, you know, sports leagues, sports teams because they got to in with an athlete. So hopefully I would be that in, you know, as an athlete at UCLA, you know, using kind of my star power to connect with, you know, fellow film creatives and clubs um, that have individuals willing to do stuff because they're passionate about it. Also, it would be a hack because instead of me going out of my way to pay a large probably portion to an actual videographer, I'm connecting with someone that is part of my school, you know, so I'm increasing peers outside of just soccer team and stuff like that. Um, But I'm getting them ideally most more than likely at a cheaper rate where it can even even potentially be free so that's definitely something I would do in terms of student athletes trying to find content uh, obviously there's usually you know photography and media teams on our staff um, so if you aren't comfortable you know connecting with the film creative club directly just get in tight with the media team uh, making sure that you're taking them. Um, uh, take not I don't want to say taking advantage of them, but you're maximizing what they are offering and making sure you're building a good rapport with them so they can you know, kind of be lenient and helpful when you do want different data and different assets around your social media. And as we talk about social media and media, uh, the fourth thing I would do is document everything. And not to say that you have to have a phone in your face at all times, documenting, documenting, but Write down everything. And this goes from practice drills that you like, that the coach provides. This goes from your daily schedule. This goes from your journaling and thoughts on school. This goes from your favorite teachers, what they're teaching. This goes from what you eat in the cafeteria. Document everything, whether it's video, whether it's you writing it down, whether it's you just talking about it on voice memo, because this is data. This is content that you can use not only in the present but in the future and it is more valuable than you think it's gold imagine you know you talk about you know how you made it to UCLA what the what soccer drills did you do at UCLA people are going to gravitate towards that content because they want to know what it takes to get to a top school like UCLA they want to know what the schedule is like you know for you to you know perform at a high level but also go to school and also have a social life living in la these are things that you know gary v says the best just document everything you know people struggle to find ways to make content they think it's a big like strategy session that you need to do once a week to you know map out what type of content you're gonna put but we are busy enough in our lives and our lives are cool enough as is that if we just document People are going to gravitate towards us in some way, shape, or form. So imagine, you know, I can remember my UCLA freshman year, some of the things that I was doing, me and three of my teammates, uh, we would always play Mario Kart and Mario Tennis. That was like our pastime. When we were done with homework and we were not dealing with school, we were playing Mario Kart and Mario Tennis on N64. And that would be something that, you know, obviously Twitch – I don't think Twitch was around then or it was just starting, uh, but something that we could talk about and talk about are like off-field fun activities. That's content that people want. So make sure you're documenting everything, especially if you're looking to get into the creator economy. Athletes are perfect test subjects for the creator economy just because we have a unique ability to connect with the fans, the individuals, the fellow athletes, there's just so much opportunity there. So definitely document everything. The fifth thing I would do is collect data. I would find out who the UCLA donors are, sponsors, boosters, You know which businesses they support in the local area. I'm collecting all that data because when I'm ready to maximize and monetize my content, I know who to be reaching out to, to be willing or who would be more than willing to pay. And, and, you know, get something done, get something on the table. Um, when they say content is king, data uh, is queen. Um, yeah, having that data and having um, that data in-house and not, you know, relying on a third party can make all the difference between how to own your creations and, you know, subsidize it and license it versus, you know, just being talented and you have the information right there in front of you, you have to just take advantage of it. All right, sixth thing. And if I sound a little groggy it's because it's currently 2 a.m. in the morning. Um, That's just the grind we live. Um, I might have to start another series. Um, It's called Building Frugal at some point. We do have some stuff around that. But speaking of building, The sixth thing I would do is definitely participate in camps. You know, at UCLA, they did summer camps every summer to, you know, entice uh, people and young kids in the area. Uh, UCLA was, you know, or a good option for them. So I would definitely participate in the camps because not only is it a good way to give back, not only is it a good way to make some side money during the summer, but it's a great way to get in touch with parents in the area that, you know, UCLA is in a affluent neighborhood, Westwood, you know, next to Brentwood, next to Beverly Hills. Parents need their kids to be active and do things. So why not soccer training with a Moby, a UCLA soccer player that's played at his highest levels for his age group, who's, you know, personable who's done this before because you know my kids loved them at the camp so these are ways to plant seeds with future opportunities down the road or say you want to run your own camp these are kids that you're gonna you know pull from Um, so definitely participate in camps Um, that's what i would do for sure not to say that i'm trying to be a coach or a trainer but be able to have that participation under my belt to touch base with different parents in the area ones that are willing to pay top dollar to have their kids not even necessarily go pro or learn from, you know, top collegiate athlete, but to get them out the house. And these are opportunities where if you do it the right way, there's a lot of opportunity to be made down the road. Seventh thing I would do, sign up for a marketplace. Um, so for context, marketplaces are a different platform, it's different, it's a platform where you can have different opportunities to find sponsors, find opportunities like speaking engagements or affiliate marketing deals or free product giveaways um, through the birth of NIL, honestly, that's how marketplaces have come about in this specific space, they've always been around in the influencer economy space. But now with athletes, the student athletes being able to make money, marketplaces have been popping up out of nowhere. It's almost overload. So my I would had I been going to UCLA this year, I would pick two, maybe three marketplaces to sign up for. And then from there, I would use that to, you know, periodically check deals and see if any opportunities would open up for my um, for my for my personal portfolio. I would also sign up for Fiverr, Canva, QuickBooks, a business card, a budgeting app, a lawyer marketplace, and a Google calendar. These are all tools that I would need to help me maximize my opportunity with NIL. Um, Obviously, the marketplace that explained more, Fiverr to get freelance uh, clients uh, to do things for me whether it's you know, making graphics or doing different things. Another thing, if you're not wanting to use Fiverr, like I said earlier, is getting to you know join or connect with people at the film and creative clubs. Canva is self-explanatory. It's one of the best apps you can use. QuickBooks, I think QuickBooks is so important because it allows you to invoice, but also keeps track of the money that you've made um, because people are reaching out to you and stuff like that. Um, Business card, obviously, for uh, reasons that um, you, when you're making money through uh, uh, doing business as or LLC or self-employed or whatever that looks like, you just need to have something on your records for expenses and payments and different things like that. Um, and then, with that being said, definitely want to have a budgeting app. You know, something I use is Mint, but there's plenty other ones that have even got better reviews, whether it's YNAB or you know, Alfred, all these different, you know, budgeting apps that people can use. And then Calendly, you know, our schedules are already busy as is. So I would definitely, at this stage in my life, freshman year, I may not know how to use it, but you want to start building those, planting those seeds of budgeting properly your time. Because it's not just budgeting your money, it's budgeting your time, it's budgeting your focus, budgeting your efficiency, and then going from there. All right. Now that we got that, let me break down the last three. I would make a vision board. So you're going into UCLA freshman year. You're excited. You think, you know, you're the hot shot high school prospect, but that's the same as the kids from the year before that are sophomores now. And the year before that are juniors and the year before that are seniors, a top school like UCLA, is like a wheel of fortune. You're going to get continued talent every year, every year. So, coming in you want to have a vision board and build like a business of me there's a there's almost like a case study that uh, goes around where it was Issa Ray, she's a famous you know creative and she had this big vision board and it kind of had everything connected about what did she want from her life and different things like that so I think as a student athlete heading into the program as a freshman I would have a vision board of what I want my college experience to look like both on the field, off the field, and down the road when I am currently a freshman versus a sophomore versus a junior versus a senior versus graduation. But I pick a majority of my focus as a freshman, obviously, because that's the year I would be in and then kind of go from there. Uh, Number nine, and I've been saying this, this is like probably one of the biggest things when it comes to NIL and, you know, in my current situation, go digital. You know, there's only so much of you that you can handle in a given day. You, you are not a clone. You are not, you know, the Energizer Bunny. But if you go digital with your content or, you know, creating a course or creating merch, you're able to reach a larger number of people while keeping control of your time. I think that's the biggest thing that, um, People need to understand your time is everything you have. If you leverage your time right, you're going to be able to make a multitude of opportunities successful because you're able to do that in an efficient way. So being able to go digital, whether it's doing Zoom stuff, whether it's going virtual, doing courses, try to make everything you can be digital in some way, shape, or form. It's just impossible saying you have, if you have, speaking engagements in school and all these different things and homework you can't be everywhere at once but you can make uh, a day out of the week to you know film content and then now that content lives forever through a course where you can make merch um, and if people want to support you they can buy your merch so this is one of the brands i'm representing right now if you want to buy it they can get it and start merch and then lastly um a lot of times you know as student athletes you want to do a little bit of everything and there's no shame in that because it's important at that age to you know try different things but if I was at UCLA heading into UCLA this fall I would focus on the dig a well strategy and I'm definitely going to break this down in the in a video at some point at some point but a lot of people are trying to do the multiple streams of income, you know, being very diverse, whatever that looks like. I would go the dig a well strategy. And it's almost like the you know blue ocean strategy where you get your riches in the niches, your riches in the niches. So instead of trying to dig a bunch of holes, trying to find gold, I'm digging one hole as deep as I can um, to dig a well and you dig long enough deep enough you're gonna to come to some water and with that all right how am I building my other streams of income within that that well so instead of trying to find you know I'm going to dig this hole and I'm going to dig that hole I'm going to dig this hole I'm digging dig one hole and going as deep as possible building my niche and then from there once I've established my niche then I can build my streams from there because I've been able to find the well and dig the well. To know that now that when people rely on me they know what it's for and where i'm at and you know just to add context i would probably focus on at this point ucla nil i would focus on my career as a student athlete i would just make content around that i think it would be great Um, and then once i've established myself then i could start doing you know mentorship programs courses on how to maximize you know, being a student athlete at a time program, consulting for other athletes looking to do NIL deals. Um, that's what I would do, and I would just double down, double down, double down. So when it comes to, you know, NIL, everyone has their different approaches, depending on your level, your caliber, all these different things. But for The elite level athlete that may not make millions and millions of dollars during their time in college because of NIL. These are all things that you can do, all things that you can do that will help you, maybe not immediately from a monetary standpoint. But trust me, long term, these are things that will be invaluable to you long after you're done playing, whether you move on to go pro, whether you stay play after four years and decide to get a corporate job, Whether, whatever it is, this strategy, I'm telling you, it will help you. So that's what I would do if I was heading to UCLA this fall. Um, Here at a athlete, we do help out, um, do different workshops and speaking engagements at various colleges around the topic of NIL and obviously around the topic of financial literacy and money management and different things like that. So if you work in the collegiate space and are interested or would like to learn more, don't hesitate to reach out. Um, if you listen all the way through to this podcast, thank you so much. It, it really helps us and I appreciate your patience. You know, we usually continue to get wonderful guests and that is something that we are going to continue to do, but as we continue to make improvements and adjust and grow, uh, we're at the point where for the next couple more episodes, I'll either be doing some sort of recap or you'll be hearing um, an updated version of a previously released podcast how i built this style so that's it for this week hope you all enjoyed make sure you guys check out the podcast please leave a review rate it all that and we will see you next week